from San Francisco, California, with your host, Ben Kaspik. This is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible and easy for everyone to understand. To subscribe to Locked on Giants Baseball, you can find us on the brand new podcast app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Giants Baseball. Coming up on today's show, we are going to talk about last night's 7-3 win over the Nationals, the key points from the game as they relate to larger topics as well. And that's probably going to take up most of our time today because there are a lot of points to make from yesterday. And in the second half, we're just briefly going to talk about a key injury to the Giants' top overall prospect, as well as some big news about how the Giants are considering some reconfigurations to their famous home ballpark. But first, the notes from the game, and there are quite a lot of them, so I hope to be able to cover everything in sufficient detail. The first note I have here is that the Giants put on a little home run barrage against Steven Strasburg, Evan Longoria. Steven Duggar and Brandon Belt all hit home runs. And so the points to make there are A, that overall as a whole this season, the Giants offense has been struggling mightily. And it's easy to start pointing fingers and singling guys out, but really across the board with pretty much everyone except Brandon Belt. I'm probably for, I know Tyler Austin, Kevin Pillar. Let's say Kevin Pillar and Brandon Belt. Tyler Austin really doesn't count. I think he's only played a couple of games already with the Giants. And because of that elbow injury, he hasn't been back in there in a while. But besides Belt and Pillar, everybody has had serious offensive struggles. And Evan Longoria is another guy. And we've kind of singled him out a little bit on this show. And that's not because we have anything personally against him, but more because we were reacting to some of those early conclusions that were drawn about how he was the most dangerous hitter on the Giants and this was based on one or two games but now we've played he's played 17 games and the slash line even after the home run last night is not pretty it's about 50 percent below average compared to the rest of the league but the point there is that his defense is still good and he's part of this unit that is the best defensive team in baseball so far by a lot the Giants are Still, their defensive run saved is more than twice as high as the next closest team. All of the other metrics also suggest that the Giants are simply the best defensive team in MLB right now. Buster Posey has been phenomenal. That's another note we're going to get to in a minute. But Longoria, he he may not be the hitter he once was, which I think is an understatement. He used to be one of the best players in the game. And now he looks like more like a defense-first average bat player but that still is valuable, and he's still someone who should be starting, maybe just not the threat that he once was, maybe not someone you should rely on to bat in the middle of your lineup. But it was good to see him 
connect. And moving on to Steven Duggar, he he is another guy, like I said, I don't want to single people out because collectively they're struggling and it's still very early. It's too early to definitively say that this is like how they're going to be from now on. Still very early, not as early as it once was, but but you know, someone like Steven Duggar entered the game with one of the highest strikeout rates in the National League and one of the lowest walk rates and then he strikes out in his first at bat yesterday. But then he proceeds to go on and have a really nice game where he had a couple of hits including the home run and so overall in the year just like Longoria his numbers are still ugly. He's been about 40% below average offensively, but the defense has been good. The base running has not been as good. He's made some outs on the bases, so he'll need to stop doing that, which I expect that he should be able to do that. And I'm not sure that the defense plays as well in right field as it does in center field. He was rating as one of the best center fielders in baseball early on, and then moving him to right, it hasn't, you know, you kind of penalize a guy for not being in center, the value is just less in right field than it is in center field for being defensively really good. So I think that could be an issue that comes up as the season goes along. If the bat is not playing as a corner outfielder and all he is is a special defensive player, then it it probably plays better in center field than it does in right field. We haven't really seen him get a chance to show off his range as much as we were seeing in the early season when he was in center. So the last guy to hit a home run was Brandon Belt, and he has been the only above average offensive performer for the Giants. And Belt, it should be noticed, noted, is one of the best defensive first basemen in all of baseball, if not the best So he remains easily their best offensive player for now and probably for the foreseeable future. So moving on to the next note, it is about Derek Rodriguez, who started this game and he went five innings, struck out six, walked three, allowed one earned run. It was on a single to Steven Strasburg that knocked in the run. He threw 98 pitches and 54 were strikes. So he threw almost more balls than strikes in this outing. Uh, So he struggled with his command. I was happy to see that Bochi pulled him after five innings because he clearly wasn't the sharpest that he could have been. And they went to Reyes Maranta in the sixth inning. And so we've seen a little bit more of that this season. I feel like we've seen it at times in the past and I've started to get excited, but then it's just reverted back to leaving starters in too long. And then they, you know, predictably get hit hard in that sixth or seventh inning when they're being extended And then the bullpen comes in when a run or two has already scored and there's runners all over the place. And then they they kind of blew a lot of games that way and or were losing by one and then suddenly were losing by three or four. That that is a trend we've seen a lot of. And so the solution to that is just to pull the starters before the trouble happens. I know it's like blasphemy for some baseball purists, but the numbers are just there that starting pitchers, the deeper they go into games, the results get worse. And a guy can be cruising until he's not. And so t- to pull the plug before the damage starts is a crucial strategic thing that good teams do. We see it all the time with the Dodgers. They like pull Rich Hill after five innings, even if he's rolling along and just go to the bullpen. So with some guys, you don't do that. But with other guys, you do. And so it was it was fair to see Derek Rodriguez pulled. And how bad can you feel about Reyes Maranta coming into the game? He came in and was good again he is he has one of the top strikeout rates in all of the national league he has a 3.12 era with peripherals that are even better 
in the low twos. And so Reyes Maranta is a great option to come in much better than a starting pitcher the third time through the lineup. It's just that simple. But the one last point about Derek Rodriguez is that once again, he is beating his peripherals so far this year. He has a 3.63 ERA, despite peripherals that suggest something more like a 4 ERA. So for his career, he has a 2.94 ERA, despite peripherals around 4. And how does he do it? Well, if we look at the StatCast data, he has an expected weighted on base average. So the quality of contact essentially is under 300, whereas the league average weighted on base average is around 320. And last year, it was the same story. He had an expected weighted on base average of 279 based on the quality of contact. So well below average contact against Derek Rodriguez last year and this year. So a couple of other notes here. Buster Posey was putting on a defensive clinic, and I wanted to point out that he has been one of the best pitch framers in baseball so far this year he's already saved 1.4 runs with his pitch framing alone and his throwing runs is has been worth 0.3 runs and we saw it last night he made a couple of excellent throws especially the second one it was right on the money the exchange time is really quick and he has been one of the best defensive catchers in baseball and so has Eric Kratz for that matter and so I know a lot of people were hating on Eric Kratz apparently and I didn't realize this was a thing But let's just say last year, in very limited playing time, Eric Kratz was worth 23 more runs than Nick Hundley with his framing alone last season. And Hundley played a lot of games, and Kratz only played, I think, 69 games last year. And his framing alone was worth plus 23 runs over Nick Hundley. So catcher defense is hugely important, and it's not just as simple as looking at fielding percentage. In fact, that is just a recklessly poor way to evaluate defense in general, but especially catcher defense. Framing is hugely important. Posey and Kratz are two of the best in MLB, and so let's just continue to watch those borderline pitches. Posey was getting a lot of them last night where they become strikes even though maybe they are balls, and the difference in a ball and a strike in a count is enormous. The you know a two o count becoming a three o count versus a two one. Any any way you look at it, a strike versus a ball is actually a huge deal in the midst of an at bat. And so having a good framer is is hugely important. So even if Posey isn't hitting, if he just hits like at an average level, he's still a very valuable player because of the defense and most catchers are really bad at hitting so to be league average is actually being well above average for the position last couple of points from this game uh, I thought Gerardo Parra was taking some better swings he did have a couple of hits in this game so that was nice to see it looks like his swing is coming around so don't be surprised if Gerardo Parra gets it going a little bit here moving forward I also was a fan of the safety squeeze with Joe Panic with runners on the corners and one out. This is a thing that the Chicago Cubs do all the time when they have a runner on third, less than two outs. They do the safety squeeze to great success. A lot of people in baseball love productive outs and they just love having a runner on third, less than two outs and getting that sack fly. But the thing is, across baseball, there's only like a 50% success rate on that scenario, and it's probably much worse when the infield is in, which we're seeing teams do more and more now, realizing that conceding a run is not always a smart idea. So the safety squeeze is something that's really hard to defend if it's executed well, and the Giants did it. And not only was the runner safe at home, but Panic beat 
the throw to first base because of, of all the chaos that the play creates. So I like to see that. I'd like to see the Giants do that more often because getting that sack fly is far from a guarantee. So the last note here is that Sam Dyson came in and allowed some hits and he allowed a home run. It was the second home run the Giants bullpen has allowed all season. The bullpen has just continued to be excellent. I heard in the post-game press conference a question asked about how Mark Melanson was the only Giants pitcher not to allow a run. And I wanted to point out that that this early in the season just simply doesn't mean he's been the best Giants pitcher. He, of everyone, probably has some of the worst peripherals going right now, but that's, they're still not bad. It's just that how good everyone else has been. But Melanson, it's worth noting, just like Derek Rodriguez, has had success with quality of contact this season, and that used to be his total calling card, was just inducing extremely weak contact, like top 5% of the league, top 3% of the league at inducing weak contact. But as a giant, that skill absolutely eroded quickly, and last year, the quality of contact was very bad against Melanson, or very good, I should say. It was very high-quality contact. But so far in a brief sample this year, it's back down to being really good. So that would be huge if he can continue to induce weak contact because that is his game. Remember to subscribe to Locked on Giants Baseball. You can find us on the brand-new podcast app Himalaya in an ever-expanding podcast world. You need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya on your app store and subscribe to Locked On Giants Baseball. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk about a serious injury to a key Giants prospect, and we're also going to discuss the potential reconfigurations at Oracle Park, how they're actually thinking about changing the dimensions. So you're not going to want to miss that. It's all coming up next. But first, we talk about baseball performance all the time on this show. But what about performance in the bedroom? That's right. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew is the first chewable with the same active FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. They can be taken anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Yes, I actually know someone who has tried this product and they have extremely positive things to report about its effectiveness. The best part about Blue Chew is that it's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no more visit to the doctor's office, waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness around this topic. Blue Chew is made in the United States and prepares and shipped direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit www.bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's it. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, and try it. It's free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Okay, so as promised, we are going to briefly discuss the key injury to Joey Bart and the fact that the Giants are considering moving in the fences at Oracle Park. So bad news for Bart. He was hit in the hand and fractured a bone, and he is expected to miss four to six weeks. It was his left hand, so his catching hand as a catcher which does seem like an unfortunate thing for him, certainly. But, you know, the Giants will be very cautious and make sure he's back at full strength in four to six weeks, whatever it takes to get him back. You don't like to see it, but, you know, he's got he's got a clear path to just 
settling down, doing his recovery and rejoining the minor league team in June or whatever it may be, and hopefully progressing from there. There's no rush with the Giants. If anything, this potentially might extend him and make him a Giant for longer if it pushes back when his service time starts. I hate to say that, but it's possible there could be a silver lining there in that regard. So we wish him the best, and we will continue to provide any updates that become available. And the last bit of news, I just thought it was super interesting that like the day after we complained about how Oracle Park, the fences are just too long, and that a home run, a ball hit 430 feet like Belt hit the other night in the 18th inning just needs to be a home run, and yet it's not at Oracle Park. So this article by Andrew Baggerly and Eno Saris in The Athletic detailing that the Giants are considering finally moving in the fences. It's in the very early stages where they're doing some analysis and trying to consider if it would be a worthwhile thing to do. Another factor is that the bullpens are dangerous on the side of the field like they are now. I'm just totally on board with this. I think that hitters absolutely hate playing here in San Francisco and the the mounds are a threat and a danger and the Giants are not Like it said in the article, you should just read the article, subscribe to The Athletic. It's definitely worth it if you can make that happen. But it's not that the Giants are just a little extreme in this regard. It is like a total statistical anomaly, their ballpark, compared to even the next closest team. And no, visiting teams do not just come into Oracle Park and have their way with hitting home runs. No matter whether it's the Giants or the road team, it is still by far the most extreme pitcher-friendly park in all of baseball. So I don't buy the argument at all that it's just the the roster's fault. I mean, we've seen some great hitters come through here. Brandon Belt has been robbed countless times by that gap. Posey's been robbed. Crawford's been robbed. Like, they're all just robbed all the time by that massive gap. It's also difficult to hit out in left field. It's a total myth that it's a, a hitter-friendly or even neutral to left field. It's still extremely pitcher-friendly, even to left field, for right-handed hitters. So I don't buy it at all, and I look forward to the Giants continuing their research in this regard, and we will continue to talk about this as any more news becomes available. And I will devote more time when we have more time to talking about this subject. But that is all the time we have for today. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Remember to subscribe to Locked on Giants Baseball. You can find us on the brand new podcast app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Giants Baseball. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. You can follow me on Twitter at Cove underscore cast. This is a daily show Monday through Friday providing 15-minute episodes approximately about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational but also easily digestible and easy for everyone to understand. We will be back with another episode tomorrow morning talking about tonight's game against the Nationals. I cannot wait to be with you then, and until then, we'll see you next time.